Welcome to the Yang Gang Roundtable. It is Sunday, April 19th. My name is Shale, and I am here with four of my friends, Ariel, Faye, Jeremy, and Mia, and Zach. Five of my friends. I didn't see you because you appeared under me in the chat. <laughs> so so I apologize. Not a friend. <laughs> and Zach, no. I'm here with four of my friends and Zach. No, <laughs> I'm here with five of my friends, including Zach. Zach, why don't we start with you introducing yourself? Just if you just say your your Twitter and your name, and maybe a couple things about yourself, if you like. Sure. Uh, so my name is Zach Sacker. Uh, my Twitter handle is Zach Z A C H underscore Sacker S A C H E R. Um, I met Shale and all these lovely people on Twitter. So um, uh, definitely recommend uh, you know checking out the roundtable people on Twitter. And uh, I also host my own. YouTube program called the Liberal Conservative Report. It's uh, fairly new, but it's basically just my blog where I kind of rant about whatever's on my mind that week. <laughs> so if uh, you're bored and you're looking for something else to tuning it, tune into, I definitely uh, recommend checking it out. Thank you, Zach. Mia. I am Mia. I am a special needs mom and floundering artist. I. Uh... I'm at Mia Songbird on Twitter, and I am still establishing some of my other projects, but I'll let you know more later. Thank you, Mia. Mia is also our scheduler, and she's done a fantastic job. We certainly could not do this without her. Oh, yeah. Every, everybody's new scheduled today, too. Hi, Faye and Zach. You're the ones new here today. Yes. Hello, Thank hello. Thank you for scheduling us, Mia. <laughs> yeah, it's good, to have a, it's good to have a mixing of the groups, new people meeting each other. Uh, Jeremy. I'm Jeremy Sands. Um, I am a machinist uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I do have some uh, some experience with automation firsthand. Um, I generally run the the chat and now the uh, Twitch live stream. So yeah. uh, if you want to join the Twitch live stream, um, you can go to twitch.tv slash game game uh, roundtable podcast. Yeah, we now Twitch stream all of these thanks to uh, the combined efforts of Diston and Jeremy. Um, so I guess we're streaming this right now. This is fantastic. Um, yeah. So uh, let's go, go on to you, Faye K, because we now have two Faye's. Uh, I'm Faye D, actually. Oh, Faye D. Wow. <laughs> you know what? Your name just says Faye. I have to change your nickname on Discord. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay. I'm glad you're here, Faye. Good, good. Yeah. Hello. Someday, hello. You'll, get, someday you'll meet the other Faye. I don't know. <laughs> It'll happen. But hello, hello Faye. I'm glad you could be here with us again. I'm so glad. Um, would you care to introduce yourself? Yes. Hello. I'm Faye Doni. Uh, my Twitter handle is at uh, Tizdoni, T I S D O N E Y. Uh, I, um, to describe it, I have lots and lots of different projects I'm working on, but they're so like, I need assistance to move them further. So, uh, but I'm trying to make like a real life game that's like enlightenment slash activism. So, uh, you know, and anyone can kind of switch over to it using their uh, just terminology. That's the first way to move over. But um, that's my current big project. But I have other ones I'm working on right now. I've seen your pictures of a binder of, of like rules and and game assets. It's very compelling. I'm I'm curious to see how it all comes together. Oh man, I'm so excited! I have had major breakthroughs recently. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, Elizabeth is here as well. Hello. Hi at Unicorn three six nine zero two on Twitter. Uh, 
hot mess of a human like most of the rest of us that spoke yeah, a bunch of are. projects in the work and none of them like launched yet because they're all in progress um, okay. except the tiktok because i've developed that problem this week so at wandering unicorn there i'm a chaotic mess nice nice you've got a tiktok now it's the first i've heard but i'll have to take a look uh <laughs> ariel thank you for being here sure so yeah i'm ariel i'm at ariel's armada on twitter and revolutionary thinking on youtube awesome so our assistant producer caroline has a job with humanity forward which is so fantastic uh but she has not been able to update us on the topics this week so we're just gonna have a fully open discussion on poverty electoral politics and unconditional basic income i'm sure you all have plenty to say it is a crazy news cycle right now so have at it let's start with uh has anybody gotten their stimulus checks yet me you're in california right ariel you're in california yeah so uh, yeah, I think Californians got in there. So that's that's great. Good for you. My like, fiance did. I didn't. Hmm. I, I have not gotten mine yet. They say it's going to be mailed on the twenty fourth. And I tried um, to add my direct deposit information. Get this. I logged in. Okay. Hmm. I log in successfully to the IRS site. I don't have my direct deposit information at the time I log in, so I have to log out, go to the bank, get that information, come back. Uh, I can't log in for 24 hours because it like of a security reason for some reason <laughs> when I go to log in again and I go to log in again the next day, I log in successfully. I'm no longer given the option to input my direct deposit information it says we're going to mail your check on the 24th. I don't know when it's going to get there. Good luck. So Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's nice for me. But the they didn't can- file their 2018 and 2019 taxes. Probably that's why i got because i filed 2019 taxes so they i already got the refund so that's probably why i, I, got I mean them. so did i but they had a uh, problem where if you fired them filed them through h&r block and had it set up so that you paid your fee through your taxes you weren't gonna get your check because the irs doesn't actually have your information oh well, you I, didn't I, you didn't I, put I did. your direct deposit in h&r block mm-hmm. You do, but since you pay the fee through your taxes for H&R Block, they have your information and they oh, create a temporary well, account for you weird. with the IRS, and the IRS doesn't actually have your direct deposit information. Oh, that's so strange because I uh, I do it all the time with H&R Block, but I never pay them anything. I do. The I think free that might one. be what's going on with mine and TurboTax, too. How do we yeah, fix that? It, yeah. the, the federal's free on H&R Block, but state taxes aren't. So I do, I do both pay. of them for free? That's really weird. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I I um always used H&R Block in the past, and, uh, you know, they have my direct deposit information, um, and I, I was lucky enough to get my check. This year, I actually switched to TurboTax um, because uh, I've been driving for Uber, and they actually have a perk where if you're an Uber driver, you get the file for free. So <laughs> I have a little <laughs> bit of experience with both programs, and they're basically the same. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I I personally ended up having to like do one of those like you didn't file your taxes thing fill out this form and I filled it out and I don't actually want a bank account so I don't have a bank account and so I have to get a paper check well I filed in California but I just left a bad relationship now I'm in Washington <laughs> and my <laughs> paper check's going to uh be sent there and um I was uh... being I was oh, being hosted by <laughs> Yeah, so like Disaster, of course. <laughs> I don't know when or where or how it's gonna happen for me, but that's okay. I'll figure it out. <laughs> but uh Oh um, god, that is awful. I, 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 I I'm actually doing actually like this crisis has helped me so much financially. My unemployment um has doubled uh 
because of the 600 thing. So I got that check even bigger than the stimulus. So I was actually going to ask about that. How many of us are on unemployment right now? I've been trying. I should be, but <laughs> I can't get through. Hmm. Staying at home with Tristan means I wasn't employed long enough to get anything from anybody for a very long time. Hmm. Same here. I'm on I mean, it. Not yeah, yeah. Home, but... I, 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 I haven't been paid through it yet, though, and I've certified three weeks. You know, luck plays such a big role in people's lives. I mean, the only reason I really had that job at Best Buy was because I was going in to get a hard drive, and uh, one of my friends from long ago from this... um. Uh, a program from for 3D printing and coding knocked on the glass and he's like hey I work here and then I'm like you do and I'm like and he's like yeah like like what I haven't seen you in a long time and I said well I like Best Buy and if you work here I wonder if you know I can work here so <laughs> like I I applied using him as a reference and I got that seasonal job but other than that like I I was so like frustrated with not being able to like find a job that I didn't really care. I wasn't uh, applying or caring or anything like that. I was on the internet, but, but like, it, it was like a complete fluke of like how I got my employment. So everybody who says it's like, Oh, like, you know, there, there's so much work and dedication and all that shit. Like, you know, full crap, but like, like I certainly wouldn't hold it against people who didn't have a job before to be collecting the same amount of money that I am, you know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious, what is your experience with mm. the unemployment system where you are? Uh, um, I mean, just this one. Uh, just like because when 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 my seasonal job ended, my my actually the general manager told me you could have you you can try unemployment, but since you are a seasonal, I'm ninety nine percent sure you aren't gonna get it. He told me that directly when he gave me the end of contract. That's ridiculous. It was, seasonal employers always get unemployment. People seasonal do employees always sometimes. get unemployment. Well, he's yeah. he's a liar. He's a liar. Okay, I don't know. I mean, no, I don't know well, why he would say if, that. Well, if too. if it's the end of season, then you don't, and that's probably. Well, I don't care. Like, I don't usually why they'd be on for it. Yeah. Hold on. So. Hold on. Where is this? I've always experienced uh, people getting unemployment after losing their seasonal employment. I this is is this a new is this a, a regional thing or a new thing? Yeah, maybe it's just Wisconsin. In, I don't I know. I think it's some states. Um, we we have a lot of just seasonal work in the area, and you just kind of find a opposite season job. So I mean, I so used to people said, who would like deliberately do it, who'd be like, "Yeah, I, I love getting unemployment, but, so I work." But no, Ariel, I'm know? I'm actually asking like the application process for unemployment, how it's paying out, like what you have oh. to do to continue getting it, like the process. For oh, that well, yeah. I just googled like California unemployment stuff, and then it redirected me to this site, and um, all of a sudden, like when I put in some special. Uh, uh, I put in like my social security number. They knew all about all the money I was making and how long I was working and so many things. I'm like, I don't even have to fill this out. They already got all these things on. That's fucking nice. Isn't it strange and ridiculous that they make you fill it out anyway when they know? Right, right. And, uh, and, and then, and then, and then I said I was a seasonal and they said in some states seasonals do get it. And in some states they don't, but California is a state that you do. So I was really happy. And, and, um, like I, I was even, um, he, I, I even kept like mental health services that you could use. I was still eligible to get those. 
And it wasn't even like like I wanted to keep the job. A lot of people, some of the people keep the job after the seasons. But he told me that like he he loved having me here, but like the like like um you know traffic isn't what it used to be on the roads and all this shit. Yeah, they got and, a limited number. Ah, uh, well, and, and, just have to collect your bloated unemployment. Right, and even and even um what was it even even but even with coronavirus, I saw that the Best Buy was busy, so I'm like, you asshole. Anyway, like uh like anyway, but but actually, that's really like, disturbing. It 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 looked it looked to me as if this was the best thing to ever happen to me because um I think I'm making like more money now than even the employees there, and uh like uh what what else like i wouldn't i wouldn't still want to be there because they're still open and and it's like in late february like they're touching everybody's electronics and like you know how personal people's electronics are and stuff like that so even in the best of times it's not the most spectacular job in the world so is there like any ongoing certification you have to do for your unemployment yes yes every two weeks you have to answer these stupid questions and say, I think they waived it now, but you have to say like, yes to the looking for work part. I still do that just in case. And I just put like, you know, I, I looked, I, I, I have some guy's business card or some crap like that. I looked I just, out like, the window. I put in, yeah, I yeah, put in the information and then they're like, <laughs> oh, and then they, they, especially now, like they're not going to check. And, uh, and you, you know, this is, this is, this is the best part about it. Like my, my whole award was like a thousand, maybe like 700. And just these past two weeks, I got like a thousand four hundred because of the new laws. So <laughs> it's like, wow, I got like almost all of my awards, awesome. like one, two weeks and, and it felt great. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? Like I deserve this. And, Hell yeah, and, you I do. Mean, so do all of you for all the shit that we have to put up with. Hell yeah. I was gonna say, like, oh my god, I'm so jealous. Right. Yes. You know, I'm just I, happy I mean, for Ariel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just and and I say, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna like use this money to really like better my life and like um, you know, if if I ever like get there, as in like become a prominent like speaker or media personality. I'm just going to talk about just like how full of shit the system is and just like <laughs> get all my weight and like crush the powers that be and like smash them into a paste. <laughs> well, this, not this is a good timing. Not any news network, <laughs> right. You know, right? Right. So I was asking about unemployment because I kind of want to vent about how it's handling in Wisconsin. I wanted to find out if, if it was better elsewhere. And mm, it is by a fair bit. Uh, and that's frustrating. Um, <laughs> So they waived the work search here because they had to nationally, but we still had to register with the job search agency, which meant creating a resume resume to look for a job that I'm not looking for because I have a job that I want to go back to. And I have to recertify that in like a 20 minute long questionnaire every week. And I've not gotten anything yet. And I've done it for three weeks. And the amount I'd get anyway is like a hundred bucks. So how do you go about answering those questions, though? Because I, I I'm going to be in the same situation. What's that? How do you go about answering those questions? Because I'm going to be in the same situation soon once I get approved. Um, I'm an independent contractor. You know, I have work. It's just not available at the moment. Um, if I'm asked, am I looking for work? The truth is no. I'm just waiting to go back to work. So how do I answer a question like that? You just say yes anyway. I'm, cares <laughs> I'm thankful that's not on the Wisconsin list. What they ask instead is if you've refused work you were offered. 
So, so they don't if, ask if, if they're requiring the job search and that you put your resume out there, if an employer sees your resume and says, hey, hey, I want you, I'm offering you work, you have to either which, accept that work or like say never no, happens. and you either have to accept that work or say no and give up your right to unemployment. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm hoping that like the, the employment, you know, offices and whole process like drives everybody bonkers. So they'll be clamoring for a UBI. Yeah. So uh, that's the good news. Yes. I'm also hoping it drives everybody bonkers. So the people to the left of me can see that putting those people in charge of a federal jobs guarantee is a horrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Amen to that. Right. You know, there's a silver lining in this cloud, you guys. Let's take advantage of it. Faye, are you trying to say something? Yeah. Um, well, I wanted to chime in a little bit about my sister in Colorado and her situation. She's an essential worker working at, at a grocery store. And she's like, people are getting more money on unemployment than I am getting right now. And she can't quit because then she won't qualify for unemployment. So essentially, she's being held, you know, mm. <laughs> for yeah, hostage. Right. I could see yeah. how that can piss someone off. But you know what? I, I read something so wonderful yesterday on Facebook. I read like, you know, like, like people are getting like $600 and something like that. And it's like, it, it does you think this pisses me off? And she's like, no, because it's none of my business how much money people make, what's in their bank account and how they choose to spend it or something. <laughs> she's she's a some something good like that i can i can read the exact quote but it was it was really smart the save a lot near me only raised their uh hazard pay one dollar per hour though on phase point like uh, we are not properly compensating a lot of these essential uh, workers that's so silly it's really that's not hazard pay so that's hazard why is like time and a half no, minimum or double time. You know, we're not properly compensating it, and we're mm-hmm. probably not going to because there's a captive workforce right now. We're all on. A, we're like we're all home, unemployed, and desperate right. for money. There's, it's very, it's shooting fish in a barrel right now for employers in that regard. And so it's that's, sad. that's why I think instead of unemployment benefits, honestly, I, I think we should, in an ideal world. Just get rid of the whole unemployment office, but give everybody a UBI and in times of emergency, beef that UBI up. So this way, if you have that supermarket job, you're not agreement. You won't. How do you think they can pull that off? Right. But I mean, like what, um, uh, Faye, you just said about your, your sister, you know, who's working in a supermarket, who's making less than somebody on unemployment. It's definitely very unfair. I have a buddy. It's, it's insane. Yeah, no, because there should be a floor, and, no and then working it. should lift you above that floor. You shouldn't be able right. to work and somehow end up below the floor. That's exactly, stupid. and this is never addressed in the mainstream media. This is just not addressed. Oh no! Speaking of things that won't be addressed, things that are driving me crazy right now. Most of the people I know in rural America that are out in these protests, um, and it's most of the people I know locally that I see out are not practicing social distancing. They are not wearing masks, and they want to go back to work. And just the virus hasn't really hit rural America yet. And when it does, the people they're trying to lift up are not even going to care that they're dying. They're not so going to cover it. We're not going to be on the media when it's tearing through here. Do you personally know any of the protesters? No, I don't hear because we haven't had our protests yet. The protests in Wisconsin are planned for the 24th. Because that was the day we were supposed to leave quarantine and he extended it a month and they're pissed. 
And so, you don't know anyone who plans to protest. You don't know any like I know people who are planning to go, but not What's that their I deal? have <laughs> Can you please <laughs> Speculate. What is their deal? I'll, I'll, I'll Iron Man it. It's, 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 yeah. it's the same deal that we're in. It's it's what I said about having a captive workforce. You have a bunch of people home. We're not getting universal care. We're not getting universal aid. So they have to go back to work to eat. And they, they want to eat. They want to stay in their of, houses. Like, they directly demanding like they money or food. They're like, oh, let us that, keep that working idea seems to get them. Well, to us, but a lot of people haven't even heard of that concept. It's uh, alien to them. So uh, they but don't... Andrew Yang was on the national debates. He's on CNN sure. now. Come on. Yeah, I know. They're not watching that. Them. This is people watching, that are watching like OAN and all right. Well, maybe I guess someone's got to go talk to them. Yeah. You know what? Maybe trying. Maybe. Maybe someone's got to go be a hero, put on their mask, and be like, "Hey guys, there's a thing called basic income. Maybe protest for that instead. Maybe for a counter protest." Yeah. Like, I'm, if you, I'm no, trying that's it just online. Like trouble. everywhere <laughs> I see people presenting it as a question of it's either death at home or death from virus. It's no. There's a third option. We could just support right. people. We could fucking right. support people. We could do this. I, I mean, because it's like it's, Spain. it's 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 paradigm right. lock. It's and paradigm lock is like people who can't think creatively get stuck in paradigm lock and they don't have like divergent ideas it's just it's just like robotic it's not even really people that can't think creatively it's people that have their own concrete vision of how Mm -hmm. their life and world should be and are Mm -hmm. convinced that that has to be reality like Oh, I could talk about that for ages because that was my dad. He would he talked about paradigms my entire life and how he has this perfect family paradigm and that's what we had to fit into. (laughs) I wonder if we could get some some people who are protesting to open the economy to come on to Discord to like just talk with us. You you know what what is uh, so ironic about it is that the ruling class loves seeing this protests. Well, of course, like, it's in service of them. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, 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 it's going to thin the hurt. Let me yeah. die for the cause of the economy. It's so patriotic. Right. What's right, crazy that... is like actual Trump elitists supporting these protests because it's going right. to kill their voting base. Right. Exactly. It's it's kind of thing. No, no, no. But but I'm not. It goes beyond that. Like all the um, shareholders. They're like, look, they want to risk their lives for our stock portfolios. Hey, that's cool. Like, why not? Like, we don't give a shit about them, you know, but they, 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 and, and they just see themselves as like, you know, tools for pe- people like that. They, they just want to work just because of this, you know, Puritan uh, American ideology that's been poisoning us and screwing up our country. And it's the thing that we've been indoctrinated with, with so for so many years it needs to go down the shitter, this dumb ideology, but this, this is it. The, the indoctrination is just doing its thing, virus or no virus. It probably wouldn't be too hard, Shale, to find some of these people to get on a conversation somewhere. Um, they're they mostly really not to. on Twitter. They have Facebook groups. But remember, um, when when interacting with them, like, do not like attack them, but just just like ask them those questions that'll kind of open up their heads a little bit. There, there was this guy. I don't know if you see his YouTube video. Sometimes he has a southern accent. It's like Bew from the fifth column or something like that. And he said, like, before I was against a UBI, but now. Like, I'm seeing that even when people are in prison, they still do things to improve their situation, 
Now, while everybody is at home with this crisis, they're finding out creative ways to like, you know, spend their time. So he's really questioning. He said, is UBI the answer? I don't know, but I definitely know we can never go back to what we were before. He said that. <laughs> hmm. So there's good news on the horizon, you guys. I mean, maybe I so. <laughs> there is there are potential silver linings on the horizon. There's Andrew Yang right. talking to Tim Ryan in front of Congress. Once uh, things are better, that's that's something that's going to be wonderful. It's not it's going to be nationally televised testifying and and like some of us may be there because Angelo's putting that whole thing together. This is like I don't I don't know. Like I'm. I'm not depressed or have any anxiety. I kind of feel good. <laughs> well, you've got a lot of money. You just realize how yeah. good your position is. Well, yeah. You have enough so money. Fine. You're doing something that, that that's important. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. feels good right now to be you, and that's a good thing. But, yeah. but man, a lack of stress would be nice. <laughs> I, I've got to figure out what to do when the plumber comes to my house on Monday and how I'm going to pay him. And uh, that's that's not exactly something set in stone yet either. You know what they should be doing? Like, I, I have an idea that I'm surprised nobody is really talking about. Um, you know, everyone's concerned about small businesses, and I've been hearing people talk about um, support businesses by buying gift cards, right? Um, they should make, they should align that with the tax code, create a tax incentive so that people buy gift cards now during this crisis. Treat it like it's a charitable contribution. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Mm. I like. Oh God, I would love that. Can I? Yeah. Can we get that idea out there floating and trending? Because I like as worried as I am for myself. I am very worried for the small business economy in this town. It's it was fragile before this. Faye, we're getting a lot of background noise. Could you please mute your mic when you're not speaking? Oh, I was actually trying to talk as part of it. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, let's give Faye some floor time here. Um. Okay, so uh, I wanted to talk about the different things I've been noticing in regards to giving during this time, um, because uh, a few months back, like in December, I was in a woman's shelter. I met a lot of homeless women, and I've been still in contact with them. Um, and uh, so, like, but also, I, I was fully nomadic when this went down. Like, I was living out of my truck. But, like, I helped out with uh, the Yang Gang stuff, but, like, when that was over, I was back to nomadic. Well, then I was forced into finding somewhere to stay for quarantine um, because it's just impossible to live out there right now. You, everything's shut down. You just can't. <laughs> it's really hard. Um, so like, uh, but during this, like I adopted another uh, fully nomadic person. And uh, what I noticed is a lot of people are very giving during this time. The people who got the extra money, people who are getting extra hazard pay have like helps me and like, you know, the uh, other people that I know, like one of my friends from the shelter, she was like, hey, I, you know, uh, I offered to give her some of the money that I received because I was like, well, all my needs are met because I'm being hosted right now. And she's like been put up into a hotel with her two kids because she's been exposed to Corona because she was in the shelter. And so uh, the way she was able to get money was actually through a gift card website or that's what she was trying to actually uh, do. But other people are donating money through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, uh, you know, things that uh, for homeless people, we don't have bank accounts. Usually we've had too many fees. We just give up. Right. That's it's almost across the board. Um, so there's a lot of generosity and like the abundance that people are having 
it's self-correcting. Uh, so, you know, like, Hey, I got some extra money. I'll pass it your way. Um, and so I think if we just encourage people who have abundance and are willing and consenting to give, like help them find ways to do that. Uh, I think that's, uh, something we should also push, um, is like understanding how to give if you can, because I don't think everyone understands how. The name's abundance. Like this is what you're talking about is like people actually being able to invest in each other instead of us having to rely on corporations to invest in us. And that is beautiful. Right. Actually, like the the money trickles kind of like sideways. It just gets stuck at the top. So like it's it's like lateral trickling, not from the top to the bottom. And Reagan and that that was the dumbest idea in the entire world to accomplish what it wanted to accomplish. And, uh, you know, Reagan was was on that. He was a complete idiot. Well, I think it accomplished what he actually wanted to to accomplish. It didn't accomplish what he said it would accomplish. (laughs) Yeah, his sinister goal is is like you just like there there was a funny thing that I watched where it was like, here's what people think trickle down economics is. And there was a cup and, you know, it trickled down. But then the what really is and the cup just got bigger and bigger and bigger and more water went into it when nothing went to the cups under it. (laughs) Sounds accurate. I like that metaphor or analogy is that a metaphor. It doesn't matter, but like, I like that. (laughs) I think it's a metaphor. (laughs) There are certain industries where it does work, but the majority of them, it doesn't. Uh, But an example I can give is like in the construction industry, I used to work in construction and we did a lot of work on high end expensive houses. And if it wasn't for the super wealthy, we wouldn't have had jobs. You know, but that's like a small little case where, you know, trickle down did kind of work. And I, how long ago was that? For those, even, even if it works, might some, might trickle up work better, even in industries where trickle down uh, doesn't work. Well, I mean, even when we're doing trickle up, we're still going to have trickle down because there's still going to be rich people paying other people to do jobs. So we'll have both. Right. Right. You you need the money flowing from every direction. That's kind of what I'm trying to get. I'm curious if you you think that uh, automation is going to disrupt that um, construction business flow that you're talking about in the future. No. I think think construction is one of the few sectors that automation isn't really going to be able to uh, do anything about. Because houses are so custom- you know, yeah. you're always going to need electricians, plumbers, carpenters. I don't think a machine could take those jobs. For, no, for, yeah. for sure, for the actually wealthy people, contracting people. I imagine for manufactured housing, you'd probably see mm. some automation move in there. I don't know. But yeah, like or, they're planning on yeah, for an sure entire city with people. a 3D printer somewhere in the middle of the ocean somewhere. I don't remember. It was on. Yes, a but an, electri- an electrician will still go in and manually wire that 3D printed house. And a carpenter will go in and, you know... Uh, put in the wooden elements and for now but the thing about manufactured housing is if they're I, I saw, identical enough you should be able to now, like program now, that I, yeah I eventually eventually two hilarious uh, articles but actually it's not that funny it's going to be real can we automate away politician jobs and can we automate away ceo jobs <laughs> only no not really like you do need someone to run the thing like you, you um, I tried to find the article, but in Japan, I mean, there was an AI that ran for uh, some kind of the laws. We're thinking best world here now, guys. I mean, like the idea is is viscerally horrifying. But what if an AI is actually better at running a company or a government than a human? I'm not going to discount the possibility. 
Right. Well, it's Maybe likely to be better at at least doing the math, the distribution, and all that without bias. Right. You can get out the human trained bias, but you'd still want a human to double check right. those decisions in the end. Yeah, you yeah, I would. still want a human in charge of the process. Right. It's just we've done such a bad job. I'm open to alternatives. But, but I, yeah, but I don't like. Like well, this garbage. is an alternative we will have built, so I am concerned about our problems being built into the tool we're making. That's a fair point. We yeah, with our current our leadership, image. with our current leadership, I think the AI can do a better job right now. I'm not saying they're the best, but I'm saying with like the current CEOs that we have that keep like busting their companies and getting bailed out, and these politicians that are hardly listening to the people and are competent as all hell. I mean, like you know. But I'm not saying that. But there are better human options than the ones that we have now. That yeah, human I would op- rather do a human lottery for leadership than put AI in charge or our current yeah. system. Yeah, a human lottery would be better than either. And yeah. uh, our system is so bad, I'd say that we would have better results if every bill that came up to the to the floor on Congress was decided on a coin flip than on a vote. <laughs> Isn't some large amount of Wall Street, like a uh, stock buying being done by automated or yes. artificial intelligence? A lot of it yeah. is, yeah. Algorithms. They use uh Yeah, certain... but they, they still do have human oversight to it, too. You know, like there'll be somebody who will, um, you know, um, you know, they'll select maybe 30 different symbols that they might want to buy into, you know, and then they'll let the machine actually do the buying. Yeah, if yeah. the prices move to certain levels and whatnot, but, you know, but it's still like somebody, the, somebody, the, decision. Okay, the main thing is that we stocks at this time. Sorry, Zach, I couldn't hear you. Uh, all right. Um, I was basically saying there are people who make like higher level decisions, but they let the robots basically do the buying and selling of assets, you know. But there'll be somebody making the decision that okay, we have too much cash right now in the account, we need to buy some stocks. Here are 30 symbols, you know, 30 companies that may do well over the next year. The fundamentals sound good for these companies, but we'll let the computer deciding decide which is, you know, the best buy at that point in time based on how the market fluctuates. You know, it's kind of like a it's not fully automated. You know, it's more like a cyborg type situation where humans and the computers make the decisions to buy and sell. Jointly. But that still eliminates a certain amount of humans required to do the job because before you'd have humans sorting that data for the person who made the overall mm-hmm. buying decisions. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. What I would like to see is uh, all these ideas put into a machine that we are trying to pass uh, and have it um, use current research based on, say, the type of environment uh, you were in say you're in farmland, right? You're going to have different needs than say someone in the city, right? I would love to see politics compared to these actual like statistics based on, you know, how fertile is the land, how, you know, like the potential of the land and uh, utilizing that while also meeting the needs of the people per region. And um, for the cities, it's like, we need an American scorecard for the actual education system because like all these dumbasses who make education policy are just worried about test scores and like grades but you have so many students 
like that are depressed and stressed out and like malnourished and have learning disabilities and they're 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 just told that academics is the most important and all that but like nothing really goes into like a proper kind of counseling that deals with like emotional and mental issues that they have they're just kind of like in the later years of school they're just put under so much pressure so we need kind of like a scorecard system for different things other than just grades yeah. I would like yeah. to chime in on that. <clears throat> so I've been observing people um, like who have families and stuff and uh, people who homeschool and uh, versus people who take their, or, you know, their kids go to school. Like I heard like kids these days are just doing everything online. You know, everything's uh, already automated away. But then, you know what that's actually teaching well, them? How to freaking look up the answers. Like, you know, or like, how can I copy and paste? And that's what they were doing. So automation mm-hmm. was just teaching the wrong thing. Um, and then the people who are going to school and like school's important, blah, blah, blah. Uh, like they get fresh out of high school and the world is nothing like they were preparing for. Right. Yeah. Um, so education is not evolving with reality uh, to the capacity of like, preparing us for real world encounters. So I agree with you there. And, and I think during this time, we could take that time to really re like structure education. Mm. Home- yes. Homeschoolers got it the best. Yeah. I'll say that's, that's actually what Yang said that swung me Yang Yang initially was he was talking about education. It was specifically a comment about how college wasn't for everybody. But part right. of that conversation was the fact that we've reached a technological point where we could completely revolutionize education and should and it looks like we probably will um and it brought me back to something that was um something jordan peterson said that he's if he's already filmed the best versions of his lectures why does he need to go into the classroom and re-give those lectures over and over he can put that online and use his lectures to retread new territory and I'm hoping that's the direction this goes is where we start having education be more online and more individually based. And we have some sort of social space for kids to go hang out physically because they do need that, but they don't need it in this rigorous, stupid ass school system we have right now. Like parks and stuff, right? right. Yes. (laughs) I've Um, told my son before that uh, I think that uh, some of the best YouTube videos for like history and such would make better, um, or easier to memorize things for facts and such than some of the lectures I've had in classes before during school. Yes. And and the rigidity of the schooling system is what bothers me the most. Like, no, like just not not even schooling, just any system now that's too rigid and too ossified is trash because it needs to be like water needs to like flow it needs to change it needs to be dynamic it needs to be evolving there's no reason for especially school not now. to be engaging and entertaining right exactly and and just and any no any of the systems that we have what like say? whether it's our social systems or the, the even like we were just talking about unemployment it it hasn't changed. They they still have these rotary phones in like their offices, and they're using like code from like the sixties. These stupid institutions, you know, yeah, all the mainframes. These institutions are not changing with the times, and that's why we're seeing that the dysfunction is like the weeds. It's like we've had these weeds growing in the garden for so long, and they've just been getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and no one's been pulling them out until Andrew Yang oh, came along and talked about. <laughs> uh, no, I want to 
Yeah, I wanted to add something to this. The thing is, we can go down any rabbit hole we want, right? We were like, yeah, go down the rabbit hole of Andrew Yang. Uh, mm-hmm. b- part of the problem is, like, education, we should inspire people. Sometimes they don't know what even exists. Like, it's not even in the realm of their reality. We need to allow people to access inspiration like that so they can find their own rabbit hole to go down. But we need to, like, maybe educate them on... Uh, how to learn. Uh, like, I mean, this is kind of what my <laughs> game is about, but it's like, you have to learn how to learn so you could teach other people how to learn what you've learned so they can teach other people to learn, <laughs> you know? Like and critical you thinking. That, huh? Critical thinking, basically. Essentially, yeah. And like, yes. um, I don't think a lot of people have learned critical thinking, so they're just stuck. They're paralyzed. But also people need to learn by seeing things in front of them. So that's the importance of school and or meetups. And there are people right now, like Sergey, who are working on a pl- like a plan to re um, revamp um, dead places such as like a mall and like have gathering places where it um, boosts mm. human connection while, you know, maybe uh uh, providing your services to the world and education. So I think, you know, there are people in the works trying to create stuff that people need. Um, but the other thing is people just aren't aware of it. So we need to be able to mm. give the best of the best um, to everybody. But mm-hmm. we have so much that um, it's pointless, right? Like, right. you know, if you focus on top tens, you're going to have the better of the education because a right. lot of people took time to sift and- through it. And different institutions need to be, like, interacting with each other. Because it amazes me how, like, schools are, like, this island onto themselves. Yet you have so many, like, stores in the community, like, community centers, you know, whatever. And these institutions and these systems, like, never interact with each other. They're all separate onto themselves. So why couldn't you have one day when like, you know, you have this big building next to you where, you know, CEOs and business people interact and they can come to the schools and say like, hey, like this is what happens over there in this building we're in. And like, this is how we, you know, do our business or something like that. Like, it's like, no, 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 no. Like they're just like islands onto themselves. And it's so idiotic. It's like, hey, like, aren't we like the community here? Shouldn't we like know about like things that are going on around us? I mean, it should be obvious, but it's not. (laughs) I mean, it kind of is. I don't think I've ever been in a school that didn't have some level of community involvement. Hmm. Well, I mean, I I don't. Oh, okay. Well, maybe in Wisconsin, but I went to Beverly High and like we hardly had any kind of community, anything. It was just like sit in class you know, memorize all this stuff, repeat it on a test and like read all like, these books, you know, that's it. At a, at a minimum, you had to do, I think, a day of community service a year as a graduation requirement for me, at well, least. Well, I mean, it's it's that that that's bringing you to like, like over there. And that that's just like parks or, you know, cleanups and stuff like that. I'm I'm talking about like, knowing how like commerce works, knowing how, you know, like a mall works or like knowing how like the business community gets involved, the technology community gets involved. I'm not just talking about like going somewhere and cleaning something up or like Well that was that was an example because that's community involvement that was required for my school. Like there there were as early as elementary school we had like an entrepreneurship day where they took us all to a gym and had us run like oh. class businesses. Um, oh. 
Okay. Those things happen. I wasn't. I wasn't just. I oh, wasn't okay. saying the extent of it was doing community service, and that wasn't for like parks and oh. stuff. We actually did that at local businesses or. Um, oh, okay. Uh, well, for local I families. I, that's uh, okay. I didn't get that in Beverly High. I I, yeah. No, I just surprised. <laughs> different things, I guess. Yeah. We need more places and people talking to each other, so we enter the realm of like what's possible <laughs> you can yeah, give an example like, of what's good all i know is that every time you learn something you get a shot of dopamine to let you know that it's a good thing and somehow or other schools are squandering that children could be so much happier yeah so i, I got a question what do you guys think the the better solution for um I guess what we what you could sum up what we're talking about is I guess kind of like a disparity in in schools, right? Some schools have these programs, some don't. What do you think the best solution is? Is it more funding for schools or a more of a universal curriculum? I think we need all the like school heads to actually like talk to each other and devise the optimum um nourishment to our brains and our bodies in the most preparation we can but it needs to be self-motivated as well um, because if you're not inspired if you don't have enthusiasm you're not going to want to do it you have to yeah it can't be one size fits all either uh, and special needs students and different people learn in different ways and expecting them all to fall in line to standardized testing is kind of putting too much pressure on probably i'd say about 70 percent of the people i've talked to yeah and more um in interactivity you know in, instead of just sitting at a desk all day you know you know these kids have all this energy and it's just going to waste it's like like okay like more interactive kind of like learning going to museums that was i remember one time in fourth grade we went to the science center and then i ended up volunteering there when i got older and it was great but it's like you know have 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 them touch things and like see things and walk somewhere and like learn through that or like one of those educational carts where you get to like you know explore like they have items instead of just you know being locked up you know feeling like you're you're a slave like I think the other thing is we need to like have more time around our families and friends in order to learn from them as well. I think if we're spending, you know, eight to 10 hours at work every day, we aren't spending time to actually know the needs of the people that matter to us. We only know the needs of who we work alongside, you know. Uh, you might go home, but maybe you're exhausted by that time and you you may not be listening to the needs or you may not even be observing the problem behavior. Definitely true. Everybody needs more family time in general. Kids need to be going to school later and for less amount of time, too, in my opinion. I'd also just really like to see us re-examine the, how, how the school year works. Uh, yes, that would be important, too, to help, to, to help um, save that problem of now they've got less school in general and are learning less. If you cut down the hours, extending out the school year would be a great idea and help retain uh, knowledge faster. Most of the kids lose their... Uh, everything they've learned over the year over the summer which puts them in an interesting position the next year because the kids that don't lose that information end up retreading it every year and it just oh boy does it make school feel absolutely pointless yeah i I actually think the u.s has one of the shortest school years in the industrialized world i could be wrong on that but um i'm I'm pretty sure that's accurate i would be completely unsurprised by that but yeah because the school day is based on a work day yeah. Which doesn't make sense for kids. 
No. Yeah. Well, even even the the school year, you know, like this whole idea of having two months off during the summer. Um. What I mean, what do you guys think about that? I mean, yes, I Ooh. think kids need time to be kids, and they need to have recreation. I think we should Ooh, have adults things, also things have I could two months preach off on the there. Summer. I think things everyone I could should preach have two on there, off. Zach. Um, yeah. I went to elementary school at a school that did what's called year-round schooling. Uh, they did nine weeks of school and then took a break, and then did nine weeks of school and took a break. So my summer vacation was always shorter than everybody else that I, I have met since then. But I had a longer winter vacation and spring and fall vacations. And there was just a sense of security of knowing each quarter was exactly nine weeks. I'm going to start this day. I'm going to end this day. I'm going to have a break. And then I'm going to go back to school and work the exact same amount of time. Like that was, they sell you kids crave routine. And like, I still remember that because it was so comforting to know. I watched a episode of Adam ruins everything where he basically claims that it was because that the reason we have summer break wasn't because of the seasons and you know farmers and all that but because uh rich people didn't want their kids to have to sit in sweltering classrooms so they'd take them out of school for the summer it was probably both like it it was definitely also farming rural kids need want their kids home for the summer to help around the farm and that was more part of everyday life than I, sure I like Adam but I'm I'm sure more than anything today, it is a budgetary issue. It would just cost more money to keep schools open all year than to close them for two or three months in the summer. And there's not a state uh, that wants to keep them open for budgetary reasons. And there's not, a, you know, the federal government doesn't want to either. But it's an actual worthy investment. It's one of the few things we should be paying more into. Well, and like we're saying, you could just shift the time around, which would theoretically be about the same amount of money. You're just taking the, the same and spreading it out a different way. Um, it's just that they're... I think a lot of people romanticize like getting to summer, having that summer, it being that big, boisterous childhood part of the year. And yeah, it, you know, I mean, I they mean, just like, carry it forward. It is, it is nice. You do, you can't, it's, you, you can almost not help but romanticize it as a kid when you're just thrown into this lifestyle. This is true. You know? but there's um, so much educational yeah. potential in the, like, just being able to go outside. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. In fact, I think I think uh, I, I like I like summer vacation, and I think that adults should have it. I think we should shut down the economy June and July every single year. Why not? Oh well, because their services people are going to want to enjoy okay, well, the those services two months. people can get can get the winter break instead, and like half of them. I don't know. I don't know. This is why I'll, we have I'll tourist states. Yeah, I'll be part of the, yeah, it's, be part it's of the idealistic break crowd. People need money. You know, people need to work because they need money. I mean, maybe if we got to a point where we do have this UBI and we became a less of a work centric society, you know, then yeah, I something think like that would just happen naturally to have Bird. leisure time. Yeah, I think if we actually had a UBI, like, something like that would just happen naturally because people right. would take their vacations when it fits into their lives instead of it just being this time because your kids they are out say of school. Like Italy shuts down for uh, like a certain month, pretty much everyone takes a vacation. I would not be I surprised by that. Yeah, I have a friend they they seem life. like they really enjoy life. No, they all. I forget. I, I wish I could remember what month that is, but it's like yeah, this month Italy just pretty much shuts down <laughs> and everyone accepts it. It's extra nap month. <sighs> I, I think America deserves an extra nap month. I mean, we kind of got one. It's April and May the, and potentially the June thing, and, this a and maybe this thing, whole year. without the virus. So, so I, the, like wor work should be for bettering yourself and purpose and fulfillment, not for survival. 
that's it, it, yeah, like it's service the to thing. the community. It's service right. to you know yourself in a way, but but it's it's service to the whole community. That's because, the point of because, work. Because if you have people like working for survival, the 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 level of work suffers. The morale suffers because they're not they're there because they feel like they have to and it's they yeah. feel you feel like a slave but if you have work for actual fulfillment and betterment and everything like that and survival needs are a given that changes the ball game and that is a more uh competent society a more intelligent society a more advanced society rather than a crap society yeah there's a huge <laughs> mental health component to being viscerally connected to your work in a way you understand to st- to seeing the value of your effort made manifest. And if you don't, then uh, one, it probably indicates your, your, I mean, it may indicate that your work is actually not serving your community or yourself or anybody except uh, your owner. Uh, and that's not going to make you happy. And uh, yeah, two, no, you know, that's, it, that's it why I'm so understand your work. <laughs> that's kind of a problem we have too. A lot of us don't really know what we're doing. You know, that's why I'm so fiercely protective and, desirous of my job it's the first job i've had where like i can look at the kids and see the impact i'm having on their lives and it's just that's fulfillment yeah (laughs) that's what i was always told i was supposed to find in a job and it's the lowest paying job i've had Uh, often that's how they are like jobs that actually serve the community aren't compensated by anyone really because there's not a lot of people looking out for the community in america and then you got guys like Jordan Belfort who are like, buy, my, my, get my stuff. And they have like this accent and they're like, like these sharky salespeople that are like compensated through the roof and like made somebody put their whole life savings on the stock and like, oh, could, oh, like, let's aspire to be that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, people, people talk about the dignity of work and, and work making you feel good aren't taking into consideration that you might actually be doing work that hurts society (laughs) and making a ton of money while you're so few of us actually do work that behooves society. It's like, like a third of us, you know, it's like, we we need to be teaching each other how to love our community, but we also need to know how to teach the skills we do because a lot of us don't even know how to do the things we want to. So we might have these big, beautiful ideas to improve a community. But if you don't know how to even find people to help you make that dream a reality, that's just going to sit, you know, maybe on a shelf somewhere and not become something because we don't know how to um, do things. We don't have enough mentors in reality. Yes. Yeah, no, and on a similar note, certification is a problem I, I, I have there. Like, there are skills I have I would like to teach people, but I'm not licensed to certify them, so I can't. Right, but and- you could probably be the most expertise in it, right? Like, you have all this knowledge, but you don't have the paper proof. Well, just it, like, so I'm, I'm, I'm really evangelical about the fact that everyone should know first aid and CPR and how to work in AED, but you have to be certified in teaching those to teach those to people. And that drives me fucking batty. <laughs> it's our garden wall economy. The garden there's just so many, there's so many jobs like that, like wiring jobs. Just there's, there's skills I would like to learn, but the people that I have available to learn them from aren't certified to teach them to me. I just, we're, yeah, it's a we're very overly um, credentialed, punitive, uh, even in this direction in the U S where we are very afraid of lawsuits. We're afraid of, 
um, anybody doing something and then getting blamed for if it goes wrong to the point where we're not willing to let somebody learn so that if it's needed somewhere in a emergency situation, it can be used. Yes. Yes. Garden wall economy. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Yeah. Yeah, What does that mean? It's a garden wall. Um, It's a kind of gatekeeping. It's where, you know, just basically only people inside the garden can do X, Y, or Z. You know, it's like, and if you're outside the garden, you can't be an electrician. You can see it. You know, wires. You can see it. You just can't touch it. Right. Exactly. Uh, You can't uh, do the work that you are able to do because you don't have the certification. That's the garden wall economy. uh, uh. I myself would love to do more audio engineering work, but I have no formal credentials or training in it. Well, if you think about it, okay, let's use an example of like friendships. Okay. You have a friend that you go to for emotional support. Okay. Your therapist, right? Okay. They're not credential and maybe they have had bad experiences and they think they're a genius and they're giving bad advice. Right. Uh, you know, like what qualifies them to give good advice. But the thing is we need to learn critical thinking to even like question what they're teaching us. Right. But if we're just a sponge absorbing everything, like as if it was gospel, that's one thing. But if you get a baseline to educate yourself and they kind of walk you through stuff and then you go down the rabbit hole of how to do it, then you become your own expert and you're actually looking to more experts, but you got your foot in the door with your friend, you know? Um, but so if you, if your friend is not credentialed for therapy, they might still be able to help you, uh, you know, or maybe they're hurting the situation, but like, you know, uh, I think that's why people are so adamant about credentials because they don't want you to like, now the next thing you know, this person's committing suicide or trying to, and then like, whoa. And, and, and that's an extreme example but I think that's like why we're seeking these credentials, but then we're not helping each other out because like, we don't have them. Yes. About, like legally it's to protect people from predators, but it also has the effect of well, stopping people from helping each other. We call well, that a catch 22. Like the whole um, credentialing system. It's like the people who create the credentials are, are financial predators who just want you to spend money to get it. And exactly. And, you know, I mean, right- I mean, sort of. Sometimes. Uh, not everyone. Not, not yeah. Not like everyone. it's it's not like there's one credentialing system that applies to all of them. That definitely happens, but it's not a universal inherent property to it. But we have to dig through that and and see because. But sometimes a lot of people who do have credentials and certificates and all of that stuff are really not even that good. Like sometimes, and it's 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 like you you need another kind of system where people have more of a choice and whether the person is non-credentialed, they should still say like, Hey, I'm not credentialed, but let's do like a trial run. And if you like what you get, shouldn't even like matter or something like that. Like people should have that option because then, then you create like a credential and monopoly. And, and a lot of like the, the people who create the credentials and make the credentials, they can become like a good old boys club. And, like, keep people out, like, artificially and, like, do whatever the hell they want. I mean, I don't think it's good. A lot of times, I will say, on the quality of people being credentialed, I've found that kind of, in my experience, depends on their the reason they got credentialed. So I've, I've, I've gone through lifeguarding class, like, five times. Um, and when I did it in the tourist industry, it was a really fast turnover. They were churning out crap lifeguards. 
Um, but when it was on my own time, because I was working to progress my own water safety skills, I went through the right channels and was in an excellent course. And everyone who came out of there is the sort of person you'd want actually watching your pool. Um, so it, it's, it's it, generalities as in all things don't really work because it depends on where, like what specific industry it is, what people's intentions are going into it. Like even within the industry, there's different credentialing agencies that give you the same certification, but through their agency instead of the other agency. I mean, and, I want a really yeah, well-credentialed heart surgeon, no matter what. Yes. One, oh, like, I want, my, I want my lifeguard to know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> I myself practice hobby medicine. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> With crystals and aromatherapy. Also, the, the, costs, the cost of the credential, like a UBI will help with the costs, you know, because sometimes they just might be out of your reach. And, and a lot of times, like these unpaid internships, a lot of people can't take them on because they need money. So with the UBI, you can take an unpaid internship because you're getting a UBI. <laughs> Absolutely more people yeah. who find that kind of work to be fulfilling will get that kind of work with a UBI. That's that's unquestionable. Yeah. There are usually fees involved with classes or in tests and right. um and you have to pay to work. Think about it. You have to pay money to work. Sometimes I, I will also say most jobs I've worked with lifeguarding or EMS, uh, as long as you were willing to commit to a certain amount of time working for them after, they would pay for your training. Right. You know, one, yeah. one thing I'll say is like I th with the whole credentialism thing, I think it really depends on the industry, you know, what it is we're talking about. Because certain things, they have externalities. And, and what do I mean by that? You know, if you're an unlicensed electrician and you wire somebody's house and you do a bad job because you don't actually know what you're doing and it burns down your house and your neighbor's house. Well, then it's just not, you know, it's not, it's just not you that is at risk. You know, you doing that work is putting other people at, at risk as well. But then other things like I know in certain States, I don't know if it's all over the place, but you need a license to cut somebody's hair. Now I could be mistaken. Maybe no, no. Are... You need that in New York, and it's no, that's a thing. A that's everywhere. Doing it, right? I mean, maybe I think we. I think that cops do less training one. time yeah. than hairdressers in some states. Wow. Right. I don't know if there are some legitimate like health concerns there, but I just can't understand why you would actually need a license to do that. No, it it's, like it's not right. health concerns. It's just people protecting their jobs. Yeah. Um, but, and you make a good point there with electricians too, you know, like I said, you don't want, you know, you don't yeah. want hobby medicine you don't want amateur electricians burning your house down. I was kind of waiting for you to chime in there. Cause you'd mentioned you were in construction and I know that's an industry where credentials fucking matter. Right. I mean, you can even make the argument that, you know, if, you know, you're hiring somebody that, you know, is not credentialed, but you want to save some money and just take their word that they know what they're doing. You can make that argument until that mistake ends up becoming your neighbor's problem as well. So that's why it really doesn't work, you know? I would like to say that, I mean, I'm going to turn this around to the video game kind of uh, comparison. So if we looked at things as if they were skills with experience points and leveling up, I mean, you, you could be a level two electrician. But, you know, maybe you need a level 10 electrician to actually fully work on a house, you know. Oh, my uh, God. I'd love to see a leveling system for credentialism. That would be good. Yes. Wouldn't that be like fantastic? Yeah. Uh, I will launch my hobby medicine clinic. What, Zach? 
it actually kind of is like that in a lot of the trades, although it does differ from state to state. Um, you know, oddly, um, licenses to become an electrician, a plumber, that's not, it's not a federal thing. It, it all depends on the state. Often, sometimes even the county within the state will have, cause they'll all have like specific rules that go above and beyond what the federal baseline, uh, um, um, recommendations for wiring a house are, you know? Yeah, and it makes yeah, sense. There's there's similar steps in uh, EMS and lifeguarding. Like there are different types of lifeguards, and you progress through a chain of them as you take different classes. And with EMS, there are different levels of EMTs. There's basics, and there are the, all the way up to paramedic. Uh, yeah, and there's a very big difference in skill set there. But okay, so so we have all these different skill sets and whatever, and like you know what requirements are. But I mean, um, back to more game. Uh, verbiage like it could be a quest of sorts okay if you go into a quest you need xyz you know or you have to evolve in order to adapt to your situation so you know maybe your your mission is a full-blown house that you're going to build but maybe your first quest is to figure out like what is the first step and if you approach it as this like step-by-step process to achieve a mission you know, I think that would be very beneficial. And if people had templates that others could use to actually adopt what they believe is requirements, you know, that way uh, we're not missing key things. You get the masters of these areas to be like, these are things you need to consider. And then you you know, allow other people in that department to contribute to it. And so we have this collective knowledge uh of what you need to accomplish kind of like a checklist instead of like eh, going at it you know we need more walkthroughs in life a little bit <laughs> you know yeah, no i i agree and i th- think that a- as a game system this sounds like a really cool concept i kind of think what we were doing was um agreeing that there are real life examples of systems like that working um, that further a larger system way. like that could draw from if you create a template though it's more people like, can step into know. it just having a dynamic uh, uh, um, systems that change, that evolve, that you know, you know, don't stay stagnant. That with anything we're talking about. Yeah, no, um, that's a thing built into both lifeguarding and EMS already. Every few years, they go back and they re-review every step of what they're teaching people and dig into the newest scientific findings and completely rework their uh, their courses. It's why you have to get recertified every couple of years on it, because there are actual advancements that you have to relearn. I don't know if that just made sense. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. it did. That's, and that's the same thing with in the uh, world of electricians. You know, there are uh, new products that come out. There are new uh, codes. So you have to constantly kind of re-get credentialed every few years um, if you're Again, it, I guess it depends where you live, too, because it's the local areas that administer all that. But usually you have to get retested every couple of years. I think uh, I think part of the problem might be that these the places where these systems are working seem to be primarily what would be considered blue-collar jobs. And those aren't the people making the overarching rules for the rest of how life operates. Like, there's not, there's not enough cross-communication there between 
So, so uh, explain a solution if you have any, or like maybe expand. I want to understand what you're trying to say. I, I this like people at our level meeting and talking and getting ideas out there where people who and, and are ideally becoming the people who make the laws that we live under. You're right. Um, actually, you know what? Like, like the this conversation that we're having right now. Why do we hardly ever hear it on like Fox? MSNBC, CNN, heart. It, it's it's just like, oh, this is some sensational crap that one guy just did to like get everybody riled up. And it's like, oh, let's all get riled up. Oh, I'm I'm so mad at that guy. Oh, okay. Ah, and then it's like, it doesn't okay, make for good passed. TV, right? That's exactly. Why. But but having a cogent, intelligent conversation about where we're headed, how we're going to get there, how we're going to solve some problems. It's like, no, sorry, it's not stupid and sensationalist enough for us, so we're not going to talk about it. Well, they're trying to grab numbers from a very large pie and uh, just get the most people as possible agreeing with them without getting too many people turned off from what they're saying. So the higher you or the higher the intellectual concepts, the more people aren't going to be interested. Right, right. And, and like, remember when you said critical thinking? This is why we don't have critical thinking. Well, the other what? thing... <laughs> I, yeah, go ahead and expand on that. What do you mean they don't have critical thinking? Yeah, like, what is why we don't have critical oh, thinking? Oh, no, no, no. Like, I'm, I'm saying, like, because our news is so sensationalist and so soundbite, I think that's a symptom of the problem, not the cause of the problem. Oh, okay, yeah. So the symptom, but but that all could definitely help. They could do a lot of different approaches that would help educate the populace if that were their role and their interests. It's just you know how we educate people is we actually need to like use their language. We have a lot of different people using English, but it's not the same language. Even if they're speaking English, you could be talking in pop culture references. One line from a movie is a whole concept. And if not everyone's watched that movie, the concept is lost on them within, you know, just one sentence. And so, uh, like, maybe another person sings a song and you resonate with that song and you get it. You're like, yeah, I get it. Um, so we're not resonating with people because we're not speaking their language. You know, if I, t- if I say the word muggle, you understand what I'm trying to say if you've understood Harry Potter and people in the pagan world, they use the word muggle to explain how they have to go back to the muggle world, you know, if they are hanging out with other pagans. But, you know, if if you play video games, you know, my health bar is low, you understand what that means. It's a concept. But that also applies to movies and uh, songs. And so if we expand on how we communicate, and and share what we've watched creatively and talk about it and discuss it like what was the moral of this movie you know like maybe we didn't even get the right point by the end so break our ideas into as much media as possible and as much varied media as possible is what you're saying infiltrate as many sectors of society as we can also both political parties yes 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 um or create something people can step into if you create a beautiful movie uh, that is like what your ideal world would be. Create it so people can step into it. They will. There's a part in their brain that will just like, all right, let's make this happen. How do I do that? How do I enter a Star Trek reality? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. The the solution is to connect with other humans. Um, right. And the solution is not what 
what has mostly have been what I've seen happening for the last four years where other, everyone goes, I don't like what you said. So bye. I have blocked right. you. I am done talking to you. I'm not going to try to communicate with you. You voted for someone I don't like. So you are ripped out of my life. That's, <laughs> that's led where we, that's helped us lead to where we are right now. And, and, and that was wonderful when Yang uh, became a part of CNN, when some of them were ignoring him. It, it's, it's just, we're, we're just laying a scaffolding while we do these things and while we talk to people for these better ideas to emerge. So we create that. I, I said it, I said it at Yang's rap. We have to create a foundation to rise to the occasion. I agree with that. Uh, the other thing is people have different, um, they could say a word like ratchet, uh, and it's got many different meanings. It could be derogatory. It could be talking about a tool, or maybe they think it's a compliment to a person. The problem is if you're hanging out with someone from a different region where that word was actually negative and you're using it as a positive, you've just offended somebody, <laughs> you know? Um, so we need to understand, uh, like we need to ask for clarification during communication. If we are offended, maybe there's a misunderstanding. And I don't think a lot of people take time to really pause people and ask for further explanation, or maybe they just heard the word wrong and they're reacting to a wrong signal, a wrong stimulus. And like, we don't take the time to like correct. And I've experienced this many occasions. So yeah. if um, mainstream media, say, goes for the lowest common do- denominator, then our way of infiltrating beyond that system would be to go towards more um, specialized media, yeah. more specialized programs, making video games like you suggested, making movies, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Making that, videos, I... get involved in local offices. Yeah. Micro, micro um, audience. But make it fun. Make it fun. Yeah. And they can and really enjoy all they want, you know. The thing is, really, I think their uh, their days are numbered, so to say. I mean, the mainstream media is never going to go away. But um, when's the last time you heard any cable news network reference the Joe Rogan podcast, which is the most popular podcast in the country by far? I'm I talking about Andrew happened. Yang. That's I don't I watch it. cable news. Yeah, I, I practically never heard them talk about Joe Rogan. They don't like to yeah. acknowledge any media so, that's not so theirs. Take Unless it one it's step to further. Why them. not? Why won't they ever talk about something that was discussed on the Joe Rogan podcast? I mean, he's had a lot of guests on, a lot of uh, political guests on. Um, Business leaders. You know, been controversial things that have come out of that show. How come nobody in the mainstream media ever talks about it? Well, who's in charge of it is probably the problem. I don't know if anyone knows who the top rung of communication is. Who is in charge of the media? And like, how do we get a meeting with them so we can explain why Rupert it's Murdoch. so bad? <laughs> well, no, here's, here's the thing. They don't want to draw attention to podcasts because podcasts are the main competitor of the mainstream cable news network. And so they much don't more, want convenient. more people watching Joe Rogan, so they're never going to mention him or anything that ever happens or, on the show. Or if they do mention him, it'll be to just talk about the controversies that can cast him in the worst light possible. Yeah. And even that, I, I don't, you know, a lot of times they say bad press is good press. I've never even heard them even say anything bad about Joe Rogan on on. No, they usually leave that to the articles, you the know, paper yeah, press. I, maybe they have. A, I've I've never personally witnessed it. You know, 
So, so the other thing is people gravitate to what's familiar. Okay. If you were uh, born before internet, what's familiar is TV, right? And if you're born during internet, what's familiar is YouTube and a podcast and all these other things, correct? And so like, we have to understand the generational differences so we can even speak their language. <clears throat> Only recently are older people even adopting, uh, like doing a video chat uh, with a group of their family because this is a new concept to them, right? Um, they're only recently learning the language of technology. So if we can't resonate with them with what's familiar to them, they don't want to spend the mental bandwidth learning something new unless it's easy and unless someone shows them. So they have to learn through other people generally. I will say one of the weird silver linings of this quarantine was it has pushed a lot of the older generations to actually learn how to do things like video conferencing. Right. Because they've had to. uh, Well, they're also socially isolated. They needed it. Right. And since um, people like we, we live in like a fast food kind of like media atmosphere. So we, we need like when we're trying to get people in, maybe we need to do the kind of like fast food things so they enjoy it a little bit, like a little sound bite, a little bit of entertainment. And then slowly, little by little, they they'll pay more attention to more stuff like this. But they're they're not going to go for that, you know, gourmet meal of like an intellectual conversation. At first, you know, they have to start with this like fast food media before they go for like the more restauranty fancy. Well, I mean, that's I think why we were talking about diversifying and specializing is you're going to have people who want to make this sort of long form conversational content, and you're going to have people that want to make like fifteen second click videos that you can quickly share to a whole bunch of people and get them interested. It's not that each individual needs to do each part of that step. It's that there's going to be people interested in doing each part of that step individually. And then combine it. And then you have a beautiful movie you could splice together that, uh, like, like it's like a scatter shot. You, you reach more people if it's appealing. Maybe start with a meme with a, like a picture and some words on it. And that's just the first thing that draws them in. But the image has so much, uh, signal sending off like this is something we need to pay attention to even if it's like being a calm photo right and the whole thing's about enlightenment so the I- image is calm and then you have words that lure someone in right and then you continue to expand that into like and then you can stop at any point or go on to a different rabbit hole but like it's so hard to find good quality content because there's so much quantity we need to help reduce the amount of choices because an abundance of choices actually leaves people paralyzed, right? So we need to find the best of the best and help people find that so that we are sifting through right. the crap. Yeah, Multiple a lot of people choice, get not infinite analysis choice. paralysis. What, May? I missed that. I was just saying, like, multiple choice, not infinite choice. But the internet is infinite choice, and it's overwhelming to anybody yeah. who wants to learn something new. They don't even know where to start. And I think if we had more, like... If we narrow down starting points, the template that we should be looking into, uh, like we, if we learned the proper care and feeding of humans and like where we need to start uh, entering these like knowledge base. But if you combine that with people who know how, the mentors, and you have coaches that kind of work you through it and you have peers that like 
I'll teach you it next to you and you struggle and you, you know, but, uh, other things we need are cheerleaders and friends, you know? And so if we have a social base and <clears throat> getting all these people we need in our lives and combine that with what we need to learn in our lives, I think we could really have a fulfilling life. It kind of sounds like the game you're building is what I think our education system should be. I mean, I'm aiming for that. And and the thing is, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. There's just a lot of cogs and I got to put the car together. And I think that's what I'm trying to do with my game. I like your game. <laughs> it's getting there. I mean, like, again, it's a... Uh, uh, like, and some of it is just quizzes. Okay. So like online quizzes, you can find out your personality type. Uh, and we've really had experts working on getting a lot of stuff out there. Right. And you can have instant access to a, uh, way of understanding yourself, your own psychology better doing a quiz like that. But then maybe you have a quiz on adverse childhood, um, uh, the ACE score, and essentially, you learn how trauma affects your current state and your health right now, too. But then maybe you also do a Zodiac quiz because that actually helps you understand who you are more because astrology has been its very cyclical. Everything seems to repeat itself. And we've been keeping track of these things and refining it over so many generations that we're actually really getting good at uh, like pulling this information up so you can understand who you are and who you want to work towards uh, simply by some of these quizzes that people have spent a lot of psychology, you know, they spent time in psychology, they were very mindful, and you just find the right quizzes for people to use as a baseline. We don't have any baseline. We don't know how to find a baseline, right? We've just been walking through a game and, you know, playing it, but we, like, what if there was a walkthrough? <laughs> uh, you, you might be able to you know, unlock things that you never knew existed because you bypassed it without even being aware of it. Because there was so much trash around it that you couldn't see the actual exactly uh, end game. I'm going to say real quick that I was a skeptic about, I've been a pretty big skeptic about astrology for as long as I can remember. And this year has been a great argument for just the cyclical nature of phenomenon we deal with. No comment exactly. on the Zodiac stuff from me. You would not... <laughs> I, I, it's I'm, not I'm, I'm not a believer. Yeah, it, uh, really it, like. it helps my belief that I am a super stereotypical Aquarius. <laughs> like you, it's stupid. It's, it's 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 a funny thing. Like the worst time I have in uh, video games isn't especially the open world ones. Isn't when like there's a challenge or there's like a boss fight. It's when I'm wandering around trying to find out how to get out of somewhere or like where where a certain thing is it, it's not like a lack of ability or skill it's just the lack of having like a guide or knowing where to go sometimes that that that's actually more challenging than doing the actual task <laughs> having context really does that. help people get to where they need to go you can't wander into the middle of nowhere with no path and expect to find your way home Everybody's needed right. to this since the dawn of time. Right, exactly. Oh gosh, and the the first video game I ever streamed was one called Ark, where the entire game is just, we dropped you here, survive, and you can look for plot stuff if you want. It's there if you're interested. And and that's what it feels like a millennial to get like a high school diploma or sometimes even a degree. Here, we gave you this piece of paper. Now, right, good luck. Bye. Go adults. 
Right. Go you know, see. You can't sign out and go to a different game. Right. Bunch of idiots. It's it's like it's like okay, and then they're like, oh, you know, it's a numbers game. Just you know, throw like spray and pray, and you'll get something. It's like that is the worst advice you imbeciles ever. Mia, Mia, that's probably why No Game No Life is my favorite anime. It's just we're bad at real life, so we went to a world where everything's video games. Right. Because because the I games at least have a guy. Strategy. Yeah, I want to go there. Oh, I, I just want to go there. You ever watch it? It's on Netflix now. I highly recommend. If you don't, I shall. I mind fan service. I, I like. There's a lot of fan games. service. The I like those sort of shows about games, like um, uh, Sword Art Online was a good one. Yeah, no, that that was one of my favorites on Netflix, and then I found this one on Crunchyroll, and it's just that concept, but better, minus the fan service, because they do a lot of that older brother, little sister crap. My my idea of heaven is a holodeck where we play D anD D, which is basically Sword Art Online. So. Mm, yes, yes. Also, we need a D anD D group at some point in the not too distant future. I used the template template of D anD D a little bit yeah. for player mm. scorecards. You know, so you know. so you have the potential to be a DM. Am uh, I, I mean, I don't. That? I don't actually know how to play it. I know it's ridiculous. You know, you, but I don't want to like- DM. <laughs> Let me let me just say, like, I got my epiphany when I got older and I saw that, like, people who were older than me were just as confused and lost in life, sometimes even more than I was. It's just totally shit. It's like, I'm like, and this, these are the people, like, we're getting, we're getting our help from. And sometimes they don't even know how to help themselves. And probably that's true for their parents and their own parents. So sometimes, sometimes you got to cut them a little slack because maybe they've, you have the same parents or same older people around you and they had, and when they were younger, they had older people around them who really did, couldn't figure anything out. But if you know the game you're playing, you can devise strategy to win it or, or work towards advancing. Right. But for if sure, you don't know yeah. the- if you don't know the game you're playing, you might not devise right. strategy. And and there know? are generations upon generations of people who do not know the game that they are playing. So they're like always getting stuck. And it's like, and they think that, you know, um, a university education is like the master key. Like, oh, your your father couldn't figure it out. And we've all just been working in this factory and having mediocre lives. But you, you get a degree. That's like the master key to everything. But it's like, it's really... You know, you you don't know what you don't know. Um, but the other thing is, like, I my research, the, the the thing I stumbled upon was our souls just want to play, uh, and and so using that uh, as the basis of my game, you know, like if you create it as a game, we enter childhood again, and we can play again, and we can be imaginative, and it gives us permission Wonderful. to think outside the box, you know. And I think we need to be able to think like. What is my version of magic? What does that even translate to? What is my weapon? What is my armor? What is my, you know, if, if we can translate life. Man, yeah. Yeah, we might end up with adults that didn't feel, that don't feel like they're a character that multi-classed in every available class and are useless <laughs> with a bunch of skills. <laughs> you know, you know, like that, that's, that's so amazing because I, I play these like military video games where... I can just order like all these aircraft and stuff and just like fly around coasts, just like, you know, um, 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 explore and just do that. And that's where I feel the most, I have the most agency and, and that feeling of agency just feels good. 
to just be in control and just and just like you know get things that that you you're curious about to to just explore your curiosity is like a reward in and of itself you know my twitter bio lists me as a bard for a reason because <laughs> you're seducing everything in sight <laughs> oh baby oh yeah <laughs> Uh, I, I joke. I do... Our bard is actually a terrified little gnome. <laughs> Cute. The thing is, we haven't even figured out what player we're playing. We don't know what character we're playing. Right? We're so lost. We have no passion. We have no drive. We don't understand character properties of ourselves that we could optimize. Uh, or maybe we're playing a character we need to like throw in the trash and pick a new one. Right? We we have that ability. Well, uh, I guess like the main boss is Corona right now, and. Like, have to like figure out how many health points <laughs> and like stuff like that i mean i mean this could be a game is like it's like okay like how who who is kuro and like and like he's he's small and he's multiple and like how do you protect yourself and like you know community game but we can translate ourselves. to more people we can translate to more people if we speak in game because that is becoming the new universal like, language it really is it really mm-hmm. is bank online gaming yeah you know, China was just China, China just disallowed Chinese gamers from playing with non-Chinese gamers just the other day, and this was okay. news that I only just discovered today. It happened a few days ago, so that's kind of shocking, and that's pretty big. Chinese it, gamers had been allowed to game with other countries and it is, chat with them, I, and now they're not. I only saw that news from the people um, I followed on Twitter around the issues around Hong Kong and uh, Blizzard. Because I mean, it was PvP's people laughing at the fact that this happened right yeah. after Blizzard sided with China in that in some regards, and yeah. now they're going to have to split their base. And good luck figuring that out. Those guys are so good at PvP. I can't even play most PvP games. There's always somebody from Asia over there kicking my ass. <sighs> Who was it? There was some comedian I was watching that was like, "If you think we're going to fight North Korea and be super successful, you've never been online gaming on Call of Duty at three o'clock." It was Dave Chappelle. Online at three o'clock in the morning, playing against the Koreans because I had like one kid take out my whole platoon, it's, and that's they kicked so hard. Since the late nineties in StarCraft and the infamous uh, Zerg rush, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I never had a PC, so I couldn't play all the fun. Like I never got to play Warcraft. I never got to play those games. It still exists. If you ever get one, maybe for your stimulus, you can come and join us someday. I gotta do a house first. <laughs> <laughs> I think China doesn't want like the free flow of ideas. That's probably why, because in a lot of gamer things, yeah. you can like chat, and if somebody chats things that they don't want other people to hear, yep. I mean that's a theory. That was the impetus of the ban from the article I read. Chinese gamers were complaining to non-Chinese gamers about the the uh, Chinese Communist Party, uh, and I guess that that didn't go over well. Uh, that is kind of what I find so fascinating about TikTok. Uh, there's a lot of cross-cultural interaction on there that is very interesting to watch. Uh, For example, really recently they found out that they're pretty sure TikTok is soft-blocking people who are disabled, old, or considered by whoever's running the thing to be ugly. And the response was a whole bunch of Americans who consider themselves to be those things, like, appealing to each other and going viral. And you know that's being seen by people outside of those bubbles. Um... And that's fucking great. That's how we progress as a planet, is we connect in places like that, and that friction pushes us forward. 
Yeah, I I would caution everybody about TikTok. Um, yeah, I'm pretty convinced that TikTok is kind of a Trojan horse that the Chinese government is using to to record oh. the data of Americans. You know, oh, as a person on there, I fucking agree. Yeah, um, but particularly like the young Americans right now who may be leading the country 20 years from now because China's playing a long game. Right. They, and if you have TikTok, they have a lot of information on people. Right. They are recording the metadata of every American and 20, I mean, who has this app installed. And 20 years from now, who knows who's going to be leading the country, you know? But the generation that is in high school right now, eventually they're going to be running for Congress and whatnot. And we may get to a situation, China <laughs> may not want a particular person to, um, be in office and they may have dirt on these people because they had TikToks when they were teenagers. So like, I'm like going to, I'm going to go into that something? just a little like, bit because yeah. their algorithm is fucking crazy. I have been active on there less than a week and it's already figured out that I am bi into D and D and that my taste in women is top fems. Like it, the the degree to which it figures out the the nuances of your interests is intense. Yeah, and the child Yang was talking about like oh all of that information. I mean, they may say that they do not share it with the government. Oh, but they definitely all do. The government has to do is ask. They control every Chinese company. Now, now yeah. you're making me curious. You're making me want to go on TikTok now. Oh, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> I heard TikTok was terrible for you. I want to go do it. So, so wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that's the American way? I should get TikTok to figure out player scorecards where it's accurate. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you could. There's <laughs> and, and the discoverability on there is also crazy because of how that algorithm works. It matches you with people with similar interests, so the people that see you are interested in the things that you're putting out there already. It's it works very well. Um, so, I just, it's concerning because it's owned by China. Yeah. It's it's creepy, right? But like yes. maybe we could optimize that for our own lives. Like, oh, this is a thing. Okay, you know what? I this helps me understand the the direction I need to go. It, it almost figures out your baseline alongside you, and then you're like, okay, well, like if if I was to manipulate my own life towards something, what would I want it to be? Like, and you optimize based on what you have discovered about yourself, right? It, yeah, it's very Pretty much good for all that. of this technology is a double-edged sword where if the right person gets it into their hands first, we get to benefit and if the wrong person gets it into their hands first we get to be fucked over very hard. My, my exchange with myself, by the way, here, I don't care what information China gets about me. I don't like, I'm, I'm not someone I think that'll matter. It matters for a lot of the people on there. But my trade-off for myself is I want to get a Winnie the Pooh costume and open a second account just doing Winnie the Pooh cosplays. Because that's a whole thing. That's amazing. <laughs> I'll wear a onesie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> get on TikTok. Duet me. <laughs> well, maybe. I'm not very good at singing. <laughs> oh, no, a duet is just, it's one of the mechanics of it. You basically do a side-by-side -side really? in someone else's video. You're really selling me on TikTok now. This is terrible. Yeah, no, it is terrible. I had a Twitter addiction, and now I have a both problems. I have both problems. Yeah, I mean, I don't, really, I don't really care if China knows my metadata personally. And yeah, if no, I, do, like, like, I, I can't I, imagine yeah. I run for Congress, but I feel like if I did run for Congress, 
And TikTok was like, you liked these saucy videos. I'd be like, and what? Yes, Yeah, I I'd did. be like, yeah, Vote damn, Skippy, I fucking did. <laughs> and? I hope so. I, I, I agree for Zach. There, are, awesome there are definitely yeah. people on there that them being on there is yeah. a future problem. Like, right. okay, I mean, like, just, China, you created, like, coronavirus, and, like, I liked a bunch of these videos, so I'd say, like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, like, what you've done is, like, 300 times as, like, egregious. <laughs> the reality is, guys, we're all perverts. And in our own way, it could be a fun way, but like yeah. we're all that way. Okay, I think I think we may reach a time nature. where the standard is a little bit looser for even our elected officials because everyone's had a Facebook and everyone's got pictures oh, yeah. of them when they were in high school, college, or whatever. I I but think when the internet generation starts seriously running for public office, that's going to be a that's going to be a gate opener. Yeah, I think anyone I mean, millennial or younger isn't going to be judging on those that, um, but, statistics mostly. I'm just hoping the end game isn't that like all these tech companies just like rule everybody's lives and like have like pull all these strings and like Well if that's end game we're already there. I mean my right. my I guess my bigger concern with the app is I participating in it helps in improve their algorithm. And China isn't the country I want to end up with the superior algorithms i'm not wording that correctly i don't want them to be the technological powerhouse in the world that scares me especially uh, not with their current regulations and goals and the other technological aspect of that that is crazy is um the effects i showed my fiance a video i'd done on there and he asked like how, why he missed the makeup and like no the the facial mapping on that app is just so good that it's it's moving naturally with my face um but I want to add something like if if uh, in the future generations, let's just project in the future. OK, everyone's got their entire life documented from birth. Right. Maybe even since the sonic. You cut I out. Love- yeah, you cut out a bit. Parents will have like. Faye, 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 you cut out after sonogram. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, well, you're back. We just need you to backtrack a little bit so we can keep track of what okay. you're saying. Cool. So, so we have documentation, you know, like from birth and then maybe even our grandparents are going to have documentations from birth, you know, like if you're in the future. Okay. So we have all this information and if we are consistently shaming people, uh, for who they authentically are throughout the growth of their life, I mean, nobody's going to be the same person they were 10 years ago, five years ago, one year ago, one month ago, one day ago, so much can change, right? And we need to learn to measure people who they are now presently and not based on their past. But if we continue to shame people for who they authentically are, you're actually going to promote the negative response of that. So, you know, maybe they are covering up their feelings for someone they care about instead of like actually acting on it because they have a partner, you know, so like it, it, uh, it might, uh, it causes more problems because it encourages lying and uh and deception and if we could just like help generations in the future accept people as they are and that they change and grow like all edges are softened the core of who you are will stay the same but you know like you're going to grow that's just how nature goes you you you're born you grow you die you know <laughs> um and so if we can adapt like how nature even is like the nature of life 
you know, we, we, we can accept that, but we'll actually have more documentation on it. And we're in this like, oh no, like everyone's learning about who I am. Our future generations, everyone's going to have full documentation of who these people are or full access to it. It's like we're learning about more about like who, who our leaders are and they're not that great <laughs> at the time of this crisis. <laughs> it's like it's like we, we, we learn so much, but but at the time when our parents were growing up, like this wasn't here, but but it's like um but we we we're also learning about, you know, what the that 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 the older generation is isn't exactly as prepared and has thought things out as I would have hoped they would have. They didn't get to see Oz behind the curtain, is basically what you're saying. But also they didn't have collective consciousness like combining the best of the best and fighting for the like most information mm-hmm. like, they they got what their parents taught them and what their parents taught them yeah they may not have actually been that healthy right they had a template but it's not mm. the yeah that's true there are a lot of less barriers to getting the knowledge that you need to make your own informed decisions than there used to be we can be self-reliant these days. Is also right. They, they didn't have access to this compendium of like collected human intelligence that we call the internet. That's for sure. They had like TV news. The other thing is AI has only just figured out, you know, the algorithms, but it doesn't mean we can't figure out the algorithms that work best for our lives either. You know, using what is available to us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We should have I, computer I, algorithms that help us figure out the algorithms it. for our algorithms. Yeah, I just would much rather they be U.S. made or made by our allies, not somebody, not a country that's an adversary that has millions of people locked up in concentration camps, you know, because that's essentially what we're helping when we're on TikTok and using these other apps, you know. The kind of nice thing about how these booms with apps usually work in what I've seen is that TikTok got as big as it did because the young generation goes to a new app when whatever one that was mainstream before gets so mainstream that corporate entities are like starting to function within it and make make it theirs like YouTube's kind of become in a lot of regards um and I I think it's important to stay where they are so that you can follow them to the next spot because uh, there's there's gonna be an app after TikTok. Um, My fourteen year old is already there. Always is TikTok cringe. The the race is to be the company that makes the the and hopefully the country that makes whatever the next version of that is. Yeah, I, I get that, but you know, in China, they're not allowed to have Facebook, right? I think they can't. There's there are restrictions on what they could see on YouTube. They don't have Google. Um, the, Twitter is is banned. You know, so you're saying not, that might extend out the life of This is not a fair country, TikTok? so I mean, we should not be using their apps either. And you know, I'm, I'm. Let me put it this way: if if the Nazis had a fun product, if they made, if they were around today, if Nazi Germany was around today, and they made a fun app, would you be using it right now? It was the they most made fun something app for IBM, internet. and uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna put this in context a little, like the people being. I don't know. A lot of the people that stayed with TikTok that are my age stayed because what they found there was that that's where a lot of the gay, queer, LGBT, like that's where they they are. 
Um, most most of the content that I've run into there is uh, lesbians, queens, and non-binaries talking about their experience. So if the Nazis had managed to make an app that allowed for connectivity of the people that they were um, obliterating, and I, I was a member of that community, yeah, I probably would, because it's, it's, it lets you build those bridges, and you can take those bridges elsewhere once you have them. Like, a lot of the people on there are using the app to channel people back to their podcasts, to their Instagrams, to their YouTubes, to get them other places. But it is it is currently a really good place to reach the people that you want to reach. At the same time, um, I'm, you know, there are a lot of reasons to be uncomfortable with uh, the information that you can provide American companies and the American government by using American apps. I mean, why do we draw the line at China and say, this is a bad government, these are bad companies? When we have a podcast that's largely dedicated to highlighting the problems in our I mean, own companies. Because they government. are a very authoritarian country that does have control over those companies. We like, should all only use apps from Switzerland. Here, when Apple said no to the government getting into their phones, they were able to do that. Well, I mean, that's a case uh, where that's, that that's did not happen, something what about, does that, happen That's every not time? something companies in China have the option of doing. If the government says, I would like this information now, please, they have to hand that over um we have more barriers to that here so while yeah like there i there's concerns to be had over what information we're giving companies here i am i am more worried about china in that regard um they're like if one of these two powerhouses is going to come out on top of the world that's that's the one that i really don't want to pull that off Um, they're fucking terrifying I have, I'm, I'm, you know, I understand the concern about giving your information to U.S. companies, you know, but at least you know what their end goal is. The end profit. goal of a U.S. company, yes, is to make money, is to make Isn't profit. the same end goal? I am much more comfortable with that. No, they want information. They want information to control people. So they can make money. The goal of any corporation yes, so is to no, make money. No, 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 I'm talking about China. He said, doesn't China right. have the same profit? China, well, China, much more the you the know, Chinese we, government doesn't have exactly the same goal. The Chinese companies do, yeah. Well, China's companies are to serve the Chinese government's goals by the government, yeah. and, uh, yes, and in many they cases, they are they're outright owned. Um, yes, that's true too. Well, American companies are just kind of like greedy, so the most they can do they want with your information is to just extract how much value money, they want value, right? Or money people are willing to spend, and just like seduce them into like buying stuff or that. You know, that's what they mostly want. <laughs> and huge violations of privacy as well there. Right. I don't But yeah, know, usually guys. in the further interest of selling you things, yes. I I don't no, know. It's all thing. messed up. Let's, re- but, let's rearrange but, the but entire I mean, goddamn like, world. One piece with of the, With the UBI, um, they, they can sell you more stuff and still be doing that. And they get more money, so whatever. Sorry, that's Mia. fine. I think that I think that's why most of the CEOs Yag said he talked to were completely on board with the concept. It's why people <laughs> right. like Rio Publican are completely on board with the concept. Like real capitalists look at UBI and go, "Yeah, no, more money into the system. Yes, please." <laughs> like so particularly said. the ones who aren't selling essential needs, who can squeeze whatever they want out of you. People who are doing things like Facebook and such, where there's actual competition and where. The public isn't dependent on getting the supply can absolutely benefit more from a UBI style economy. The only ones I think that are against it right now are these Puritan 
kind of people who are just like, no, the value of work, no, we'll lose our democracy, oh no, like that. (laughs) No, there's a lot of people that have like real economic concerns about its viability. Um, Oh, okay. But I, I don't, I don't think their doomsday predictions are accurate, but there there are actual reasons mm-hmm. to oppose it. I, uh, I wonder if they'll be I don't, I don't think they hold water, water, but... The, the only okay thing is that we can do a trial run. A trial run. They should be open to a trial run. That's all. My, well, my main concern is we don't necessarily have choice in uh, deciding, you know, to live uh, zero cost, right? Like, society is pretty much made living costs money uh regardless even if you stay on someone's couch you're probably still gonna have to find money somewhere right you gotta get Um, a license to fish (laughs) right but but then like it's not just that though uh you have to work for someone to get that money so you have to be under somebody to get that you know and so a lot of people don't want to have to do anything unless they consent to do it right but um and then we're like, you better work. Well, part of the problem with that is uh, we are not able to do jobs that are in alignment with our values. We see problems with these corporations that have the money that are paying us where we would rather, you know, maybe do stuff to help the environment or educate people that we care about, you know. Um, so we but those jobs aren't even getting paid like it. Uh, and we're really, really like observant of all the activities going on in nonprofits, but we don't have the same stipulations to corporations. And so we actually demonize nonprofits and critique them and uh, like watch where the money goes when corporations, you know, they have more freedoms and to do whatever they want. And it's actually causing problems. Um, So instead of rewarding you know, nonprofits and encouraging it and moving us towards, you know, all these beautiful ideas, they're dying because the money's drying up and all the corporations are absorbing it. And so if we could move the money from corporations to um, maybe nonprofits that are actually doing work to make the world better and encouraging people to get those jobs, um, it would help everyone else and the environment. But we, we don't encourage it that way. And so now we have to work for corporations. Yeah, but, UBI helps. That's not freedom. Charitable re- um, contributions and such. We've only got a few minutes left, and I'm going to have to be ditching after that. So I'm going to say bye now because. Uh, Should we all just wrap go. it up here? Gotta we got go. yeah five minutes. You want to just say goodbye? Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got a lot, a lot of. Real brown quick, stuff. it was very good to have you, Zach. I feel like I'm usually the furthest to the right in this group, and that's awkward because I'm dead middle. Yeah, we so glad to have you here, Zach. It was very nice. <laughs> did I did I sound that much like a right winger today? Not really. It's just a matter of scope. <laughs> Just a matter just, of scale. Uh, it's all relative. But well, no, I'm sorry not if, tell sorry me. If, <laughs> oh, you're fine. I, I was going to say sorry if I stepped on any to- anybody's toes with the TikTok. No, you 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 no, didn't. You provided oh, the you kind of contrast. You are need, fine. Elizabeth so actually recommended we have a more conservative person on the show. And that's yes, why right. I schedule you into the slot today because we don't on this uh, Sunday cast. That is a thing I have been wanting because I'm not a conservative. I'm a libertarian, and I feel like the most conservative person here most of the time. So that was very nice. And no, you didn't step on any toes as far as I'm aware of. My real-life political discourse is much further to the right than anyone in this project. A little bit more to the right than than some some here. A little bit more to the the right than the the average, I'd say. Jeremy's so quiet, though, because he's doing... He's our Janie! Yeah! 
Well, I mean, if you he want, uh, if, you, if you're looking for a certain perspective, he's he's someone that might I could be Hey, oh, I can't hear you. Sorry, no, no, no. It was also well, fun yeah. to have you on for the first time here, Faye. You had a lot of interesting things to say with the game uh, stuff and all that. I found that really fun. Yeah, and it was cool. Added to oh, yeah. <laughs> not, not actually your first time, but, but you know. Yeah, no, 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 no I mean to the Sunday podcast. Oh, okay, yeah, with you guys. Yes, yes, yes. Good. Uh, My mistake. On the subject of our fellow libertarians, Jeremy, uh, and on the subject of people not liking to do things they're forced to do, libertarian Twitter during this quarantine has been fucking irritating. Oh my god. They all, they, they just, they want to reopen the country, and they're shaming people for social distancing and masks, and it's driving yeah. me crazy. That's a, it's, we'll have to get into that next time, but that's it's pretty impressive if they think they can do that. <laughs> that's crazy. All right, well, thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming and speaking. Thank you. Out. Thank you if you're watching on Twitch. Thank you if you're listening on Spotify or Anchor. And uh, keep it here, you know. Check us out again soon. I hope you are doing well and taking care of yourself and taking care of everybody you can during this difficult time. We will hopefully spend time with you again soon. Take care. Dale. Bye. Bye. Yeah. And Shale. I mean, not Shale. Uh, The bear.